What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 137 of the Midwest Angler Podcast. I am Scott Sturman, and I'm joined by Matt Deitch. Matt, I am right over. It is here. officially a Hawkeye state. It is officially. We've always known it, but that's it, right. But officially, for the last six years, we've had to officially official it. Now, I, I understand that this is a fishing podcast, and some of you guys don't watch football, and, and some of you don't like the Hawkeyes. Yeah, that's fine too. But uh, did you watch College Game Day? Was in Ames, Iowa. Oh yeah, and. Uh, uh, Everyone besides Ashton Kutcher was their special guest picker. He picked the Hawks, and then uh, uh, what is it, Lee, Lee Corso? Yeah, he uh, he was actually like given the dimensions of the Cy Hawk Trophy and and said something like, ah, "I had to say that because uh, you folks here at Iowa State uh, haven't seen it for a while, and you're not gonna for another year." <laughs> and then he put the hawk head on, and uh, you know it was a, it was a good game, but uh, the Hawks were able to. Uh, um, you know, get a, get a couple, tough. yep, get a couple defensive uh, big plays, and uh, you know that's that's what they did the week before against Indiana. I don't know what the Hawks will be ranked because they were number ten and they beat the number nine uh, Iowa State. I'll be honest, I I feel like probably. Uh, you know, maybe Iowa State is uh, closer to uh, um, you know maybe a, a twenty. You know, and, right. and maybe the Hawkeyes are you know really truly a legitimate you know fifteen. I you know to <laughs> see them, and you know I, one of the things that I think people maybe don't realize, and 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 maybe I don't realize, I'm not that much of a football expert, uh, you know, but I but but I'm kind of a football expert. Um, I I think that there is such a gap between number one and number ten, you know, like I, I feel like the number twenty five team can play football with the number twelve team, right. I yeah, don't feel like the number 12 win. team can play football with the number one team. It's tough, but um, I don't know. There's, there were some unranked teams that beat ranked teams last night. Right, right. You know, but, but I mean, I think, you know, I think if you're ranked, you know, uh, you know, 13, 14, all the way up to 25, you know, you, you're a good team. You're better than average, you know, and, and, and there's a chance that you get beat out. But like to, to think about a, a number 15 team going and playing against Alabama, you know, that's just a totally different. Well, what was Notre Dame was ranked in like the top five and just about lost to Toledo. Yeah, that's Notre Dame. And I, I don't, <laughs> I'm not even going to go there, but. You but know, no, I know what you're saying. I know. I mean, Alabama's kind of, uh, you know, I felt bad for Mercer yesterday trying oh, to play. Jeez, freaking Mercer. The only thing <laughs> worse than that is Nebraska scheduling Fordham. Yeah, no doubt about it. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that's enough football, but. Uh, uh, bragging rights for one more year and uh um yeah i don't know i guess uh you know i i, I can't say a whole lot here because we're going to start you know we're going to be playing the nebraskas and we're going to be playing uh uh you know a couple of the other states uh, up here in the area of minnesota mm -hmm. and whatnot so you know, I don't, we better not. We better not take our shots. Yeah, we'll, we'll right. take our. We'll take. You know, we'll take if shots we at the first. At the if first we win, three, we'll take our shots. Yeah, but. we'll take shots here at the first three or four minutes of this podcast, and then we are done. That's right. Until after those games, and and if we lose, we were never going to take shots. If if we do win, yeah, <laughs> good, good. Uh, Matt, you know, uh, th this last week I put a deal on Facebook, uh, um, just kind of having fun. Um, that if you could only pick two free things for life, uh, what would you pick? And uh, there was seven options, free gas station pizza, free fishing rods, free gas, free guide trips, free tackle, free beer, or free live bait. Uh, wh where are you at? 
Well, you got to go with free gas. I mean, right. If, and, 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 pass, and basically everyone Right. Did. You can't pass on I mean, free gas. 90% because. of people that answered <laughs> was free gas. Oh, uh, And then for me, it'd be free tackle. Free tackle? Free tackle and free gas, yeah. Yep. And, and you know, that honestly, uh, uh, um, three and five was, was easily, I, I mean, I think that carried, you know, the, the overwhelming majority, you know, probably 50, 60% of people picked that. Um, you know, there definitely was a lot of people that, uh, threw number six free beer in there. I think my brother, Eric picked number six twice. <laughs> yeah, there's no rules that said you couldn't do that. So <laughs> he didn't need the free gas. Cause he was just going to stay so buzzed. He didn't need that gas, but, um, um, it, you know, I, I gotta say thank you to all the people. You know, I posted it on a couple of the bigger fishing pages, and we got a lot, a lot of, of comments, and it was really pretty fun to to see what people wanted. Um, you know, I, I guess, on, honestly, for me, I would probably go free gas and free guide trips just because uh, I think that'd be an absolute riot. Uh, you know, just getting to go on guide trips, you know, I mean, go learn new bodies of water, whatever, and, uh, you know, I got free gas to get there, but... Uh, I, what, what I, it, would, it pained me to to give up the gas station peaks. I was gonna say what what would uh like twenty one year old Scott pick? Twenty uh, one <laughs> year old free gas station pizza and free beer and I don't even know what fishing is. <laughs> <You're> like, <right. laughs> is that 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 what I do when I'm smoking Marlboro Reds on the riverbank and <laughs> so stinking drunk? I don't know what I'm and fishing for. Don't need fishing tackle. All you need is a hook and a heavy weight and some chicken, chicken livers. <laughs> some chicken livers. them out there and yep. blast heaters and <laughs> give me my lawn chair and a nice cooler and a freaking whole pack of smokes and uh, that'll last me about two hours you're gonna gonna need to bring me more smokes and more beers <laughs> i can do without the chicken livers <laughs> after a while i'm just sitting there <laughs> oh man no uh you know uh finally finally guys uh we've got drake heard on um you know uh, it's kind of weird probably heck it was probably five weeks ago that yeah, we first kind of started talking about getting the drake on yeah. and uh you know that that was of no fault of his um that was that was me for two or two or three weeks there you know with the old with the whole covid deal and uh um then uh uh yeah then the week after that his kids were starting school and and just between my schedule matt's schedule and drake's schedule you know we couldn't make it work but uh uh, we knew at some point in time, you know, that, that, that we were going to make it work. We wanted to make it work. And, uh, yeah, we finally, uh, we're finally going to make it work. So, That's right. uh, I'm, I'm excited to get him on and, uh, yeah, I guess I don't really got anything else to say. So I think we should just, uh, start talking to Drake. It sounds good. All right. And we're here today with Drake Hurd. Drake, how we doing? Hey, great guys. How about you guys? Doing excellent today. We're doing a lot better now that we're talking to you. You know, it, it was uh, kind of a hit and miss deal. You know, I got COVID there. Uh, you know, I, I had reached out to you, wanted to talk to you. You had you had agreed. I got COVID. Then, you know, after that, you know, schedules just didn't exactly align. But uh, we finally got you on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was a little bit touch and go all over the place. And then uh, I got a little busy here with stuff. So it's, it's good to be on finally. And uh excited to talk about some stuff nice absolutely well we appreciate it man um you know drake to start off uh well we always start off with a couple random questions and and first off i want to know if uh if you're at a burger bar what are you all going to throw on your burger oh 
It's funny that you say that because I'm almost known, like, I bet you all the guys that I travel with could probably order this, my burger for me without a doubt because it's always a mushroom Swiss burger uh, with fries, either steak fries or regular fries. I will get a waffle fry occasionally, but it's always a mushroom and Swiss. For some reason, that's what I'm always going with. Okay. Right. Okay. Right. What's, what's the most random, like, non-fishing-related thing that's in your boat? Oof. Um... My kids probably have a few toys tucked in little <laughs> corners that I'll find every once in a while, um, whether it's a race car or a little John Deere tractor or whatever it may be. There's uh, there's always a few of those where a co-angler will be like, uh, what, are you, what are you using that for? And I'm like, yeah. It's <laughs> That's none of your business. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've, I've, I've found a few of those after Scott's been in the back of my boat a few times, too. Yeah. He gets a little yeah. bored back there. It's so. the Red Power Ranger, yeah. okay? The, so, I mean, yeah. back off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was Jason. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So... All right, Drake. Well, why, why don't we start off? Uh, where where exactly are you from, and uh, what are some of the bodies around you that uh, that you do a lot of fishing on? Yeah, so um, I was lucky enough. I was kind of spoiled. I grew up in the Alexandria Lakes area, um, specifically on the chain on Lake Carlos. Um, my parents were lucky enough to move up here right before I was kind of born, and got a lake lot, and uh, was spoiled that way. Um, well, I had a little me and my brother did as soon as we could you know we didn't have many houses around us at the time so we got to fish a lot um we had a little 14 foot crest liner with a 9.9 motor on it and my mom said we basically got to stay between these two points that were in front of the house um and so that's where we terrorized fish whether it was bass or sunnies or crappies and then eventually as we got older we started chasing walleyes in front of my parents house so um that's kind of how we got started and, and the alec area is is like when i say spoiled we are spoiled because we have so many lakes here i mean there's hundreds and hundreds of lakes you know within 10 minutes of of where i live so um you know you can really pick your poison in the area so it, it's a cool area yeah it definitely i love going up there we go up there for two weeks every year my family does and stay on lake mary and yep. yeah it's just a blast yeah I like Mary a lot. It gets a lot of fishing pressure, but at, at the same time, I mean, it's got great fishing, whether it's bass, crappies, you know, or walleyes yep. for sure. I mean, yep. there's, I love fishing out there. Definitely. So how, how old were you when you started uh, getting into some tournaments and, and was it always walleye tournaments? I mean, do you, um, did you get into some bass or panfish tournaments or? Yeah, it was, it's kind of funny when we were growing up, my brother actually wanted to always chase walleyes more than I did. I was big into the bass fishing, my very first tournament, though, was a northern tournament. I can I can remember to this day like it was just yesterday. Um, my dad, I was seven years old, and he's there's a little bar tournament. And I think it was 20 bucks to get in, and, and it was way your biggest six northerns at the time because we could each have three. And we ended up taking second place in that, and I thought I was, you know, the top cream of the crop then at that point. I mean, I'm seven years old. My dad <laughs> gave me a candy bar for a prize. He took all the money. But uh, it, it, it just got me hooked, you know. Um, and then I started fishing some bass tournaments. I mean, uh, I had some buddies and stuff. That, that's all we did all summer and fall. We hunted. And, and so we started fishing local bass tournaments. And then eventually I just I got that walleye bug, and it was game over after that point. So it was fun. Yeah. So, you know, obviously now you're, you're fishing the NWT. How, how did you know, like, okay – I, I, I guess what I'm asking is, 
there, there had to be a point where you were like, you know what, I'm doing good on the local level. Like, I feel like I can throw my hat into the national, you know, the, the biggest, yeah. the biggest walleye tour, you know, in the country. How, how, where, where were you mentally that you decided, you know what, I'm ready for this? Um, I, I would say, you know, me and my dad were doing well when I was like in my teens from like 16 to 22, we were doing very well in like local tournaments and stuff. Um, so I, I, I wanted to do something bigger and that's actually when the aim series kind of really got going, um, was around that time or as I was getting older and I'm like, you know what, let's try the aim thing once. Um, I got to travel with my dad. It's, it's not as much time, you know, but it's around the state. So I figured we'd get to learn some stuff and, so we did that, and then we won Angler of the Year, and we took second once and third once, and it was like, gosh, you know, I, I think I can, I want to do more, but I, but I still wanted to fish with my dad. I mean, that was a, a big thing of, of it, and I wanted to make sure he wanted to kind of do the co-angler thing. And um, so, what was it, four years ago, I, I'm like, Dad, you know what, I, I, I think this is the year I'm, I'm going to try to jump up to this thing. And, and he was fully supportive and said he wanted to travel with me. He had kind of just retired. And, and so he was kind of excited to do the co-angler thing. And, and that's when I threw my hat in um, to try to learn against these guys is a whole different level. I found that out real quick. Now, how, how, long, have you been, how long have you been fishing on the NWT? So this will be my, this is my fifth year of doing it. Um, I fish, I, I fished with Robert Cardenas the first year, and then we brought on Mike Olson probably three years ago, um, and he fished up until last year basically. And now this year, I'm, I'm fishing more with um, Eric McCoy and Kevin McCoy, um, you know, all guys from over at Malax, and and they've been all over the place too. Um, so this will be the fifth year and. It seems to be going well, so I, I can't complain one bit. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely has been a good year for you. Yeah. No. Yeah, no. I mean, I, I started out the first tournament, Chamberlain, which isn't that far from Alec. I mean, it's it's five hours or so, but we used to go out there when I was younger. But it had been probably twelve years since I'd been there, if not longer, and I knew it was you know lots of fish and. And, you know, it was just going to be a numbers game, and I happened to catch a couple big ones that really boosted me up the leaderboard, which was huge. So I got off to a good start there. That, that was very good, <laughs> you know. So What, what position did you What position did you finish there at Chamberlain? Um, so I tied for second, but then Tommy Chemos had the biggest bag. He beat me by, like, four ounces the first day. So he ended up getting second, and I ended up getting third in that one. And so. that's the one par- uh, Chase Parsons Chase, won. Yep, yeah, right, Chase yeah. won it. And what's funny is, you know, the, the first day I had a game plan, I was going to go up north where there was probably over half the field and I was going to get my slot fish, you know, right under 20 inches. And then I was going to run down south. Well, it took me a half hour or 45 minutes. I had my slot fish and I was going for a 60 mile an hour run. And as I'm pulling into the first bay, there is Chase and Chemos right in the first one. So I went to the next one figuring, you know, you know, it, it, it's, it is what it is. And we ended up going down there and not getting a bite for four hours or five hours. And I went back up and caught two overs, um, up North again, the first day. And so I was sitting in, I was sitting okay, but I wasn't like way up there. And then the second day I knew it was going to be a little tougher, but I got a, uh, 27 and a half inch or like at like 10 30. 
and that kind of just set back my nerves that I wasn't going to have to run and I had all yeah. this time to fish and and so it, it really helped and we ended up getting another 24 and then we had some 18 inches I think in a 119 so that ended up boosting me up big time you know so that was huge oh yeah absolutely and and I mean especially to see the the two guys that uh uh you know at the end of the tournament finish on top you you know you you had the the winning game plan you know yeah. i mean they just yeah. you know they they beat you to it you got into a bad rotation whatever you want to call it but uh yeah. you know i mean that's gotta you know it's kind of got to be a feather in the cap to know like you know what i was i was on it and and on uh, it. yeah exactly because it, it was funny because gary i pulled into this bay and, and these bays you know you don't see boats you know they're just, there's so much area out there i pulled into a bay and pre-fishing and gary parsons pulls up behind me and he's like what are you doing in here i'm like, I don't know, trying to catch a fish you know but they had no they knew it at that time you know so right. it was so interesting to see that you know there was other guys that know the stuff and you know that was one of the things that i learned right away like these guys don't miss bites like someone always finds it out you know out of all this whole group they're always going to find the bites there's no one that's going to miss it yeah that's crazy so yep. then, then after that, you go uh, Sturgeon Bay, Wisconsin, and yep. uh, is that is that an area that you uh, were pretty familiar with? Yeah, I mean, I, I've been to Green Bay a few times. It's always been later in the year. Um, you know, we're a lot more trolling um, spinners and stuff. Um, and, and I've been to one early tournament, but I did terrible. Um, so it was interesting, and that's where I honestly will give a lot of credit to Kevin McCoy. He had fished some earlier tournaments earlier in the year. And he got us onto that casting bite. And I tell you what, that Green Bay casting bite, when they talk about it being on, it, it, it's fun. But it was it was off, yet we were still catching fish. I mean, you'd go up up to the west side, and we were casting either, you know, lipless baits, um, ripping wraps, or, or red-eye shads, and then just hair jigs. Um, and it, you would get between zero and six bites a day. I mean, it was just, it was so hit and miss. But you just you gain more confidence because you you weren't catching a ton of fish anywhere else. So, oh, yeah. um, you know, when it comes down to those big fish and in these tournaments, you're going to hear me say it a few other times too. Is that, um, you know, you don't necessarily always need that that limit, you know, right, to do right, it. So, yeah. um, we stuck one fish that I don't know. I, I wish I would have waited. It it had to be over. 10 and a half pounds was the very first fish and like five minutes into the day oh boy so like, oh my god you know it was crazy and it had it inhaled um and, and we ended up catching four i was with nikki higgins and uh we had the fifth one on you know multiple different times and and at about one o'clock i lost one that made that 10 and a half pounder look small oh, at that time you know i was just like man that you know that was my one chance to really boost it up but we ended up i think we were in ninth and then the second day got canceled so i mean That's I, right. I really yeah. couldn't complain yeah. um because it was my second top 10 in a row to get the season started so that was that was awesome yeah i mean to get two top 10s to start the year off i mean your confidence has got to be way up there and i mean you got to be excited for the you know the rest of the schedule yeah exactly and i mean at that point i was leading angler of the year um you know first time kind of sitting in that position but i knew there's a lot of the season left but i i, I mean like you said that a lot of this fishing is confidence you know you just you get that momentum and you get rolling was was there a time when you were like driving home after that tournament where you're thinking 
wow, I'm I'm in the lead for Angler of the Year at, in the NWT. Uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, it was when Springle called, and he's like, I hope you're ready. And I'm like, what What do you mean? He's like, well, you're leading it, and, this, and we're all coming for you now, you know, so... <laughs> It was one of those feelings like, yeah, that's that's awesome, you know, but at the same time, it's like, oh, boy, here we go. Yeah, right, yeah. You'd, you'd almost dig rather... the heels in and you really focus yeah. now, so. You know, you get a lot of publicity being in first, but you'd almost rather be in second or third, you know, within striking distance, you know. Yeah. Just, yeah. I, I yep. don't know. Pretty crazy, but uh, next yep. up, uh, um, June 24 and 25, uh, Huron, Ohio. Um, yep. You know, was that was that a body of water that uh, that you felt comfortable going and fishing, um, or? Yeah, Erie is this. I don't know. It's something different. I've been out there a few times. I've always done okay. Um, but this <laughs> this one will probably haunt me. I mean, I, yeah. I was sitting good. I think I was in like second to last money, like twenty fifth, twenty eighth, somewhere in there. Um, after the first day, which I was like, I was perfectly happy with. I yep, went to Erie yep. to mm-hmm. just maintain, you know, be there and hopefully, you know, maybe I'll get one of those lower checks. If not, you know, hopefully very close, you know? Um, and then they went there the second day, um, and our water just got super clear and those fish just moved out deeper. I mean, we were running 15 to 16 feet and those fish moved out to like 22 to 24 feet and. I didn't catch up on it enough. Justin Sieverding was there and Jason Shakura. We were all kind of doing circles around each other the first day. And uh, Sieverding slid out and ended up getting some. And Shakura struggled a little bit too. But, um, you know, I ended up dropping all the way down to like 87th place or something like that. Um, you know, it was just one of those things where I just I kept thinking, like, they're going to bite at some point. They're going to bite because we got them in the afternoon really good. I mean, we kind of call them all day. But. I figured in, at some point they would, and they just didn't. So it was one of those things where you're like, God, should I have, shouldn't I have, but what do you do? Right. Yep, yep. Then, so. uh, then next tournament, the fourth tournament of the year, uh, uh, Mobridge, South Dakota, um, that was just on July 29 and 30. And, uh, yep. you know, that I'm, I'm assuming you, you mentioned earlier that you had fished Chamberlain before. Had, had you ever fished uh, a little bit farther up the river by Mobridge? You know, it's funny. I've never been there. Really? Um, we just, we just always went to Chamberlain. We were comfortable there as kids and stuff. So that's where we went in the spring. Um, so I'd never been there. I knew there was some big fish there just from talking to guys that were at Chamberlain and, and some of the friends that have been out there, um, fishing and they just said, you know, it's going to be a two big fish and try to get your slots, you know? So, um, we got onto a, a really good bite, um, you know, deep, deep points or humps anywhere from like 30 to 45 feet of water with, um, glide baits, jigging wraps, shiver minnows, um, you know, um, acne hyper rattles or whatever too. Um, and that, that bite is, it's so crazy now going out there with live scope and this realizing what you probably were missing five, 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah, I believe uh, that. Yeah. It, it's just baffling. And, and these guys are so good with it. You can just watch them. Just, it's fun to watch because you just keep casting and casting and casting. And then that fish will bite wire. You know, you would have never gave that fish a second cast if you didn't know he was there. Right. You know? Oh yeah. So, yeah. Or, um, or or it can be really frustrating because you just yeah, keep casting. And... Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there's just there's times where they were just those fish were flying around fast, and then they'd slow down for a little bit and eat. You know. So the first day, I think I had a 28 and a half, and I I lost two really other big fish, and I ended up weighing a 23 incher, I think. 
and our, our unders were pretty good. And then the second day I ended up having a 29 and a half and a 29, um, which were both just tanks and they had it inhaled. And so I ended up in third place there. I mean, both of you got to give credit to the Anderson brothers. They were, there was a few guys that were trolling and those guys were trolling the trees and had it dialed in and, and they had the one, two punch, you know, so I, I can't complain both great guys, but third place and my third top 10 of the year, I was, I was ecstatic. So, oh, yeah. So, uh, so after you, after you get third place like that, are, I mean, does that make the, the Huron one? Like, I mean, are you, are you excited because Holy smokes, I got my third top 10 or does it almost make you more pissed off at, at the Huron deal? <laughs> knowing, you know, like, Holy smokes, like, you know, I, you know, if I just, right. you, you know, and, and obviously I, I'm not trying to pour salt on a wound, but you know, man, if you just would have finished, you know, middle of the pack somewhere, you know, or, you know, Close, closer to what you were day one, you know, man, you know, how that yeah. changes. Yeah, and that's just it. You, like, look back on it, and you're like, just, man, all I needed was one good second day there, and it would have been good. But, you know, I, I was more so excited. I just wanted a chance to get to it at the end of the year. I mean, we're, we're yeah. going to Otter Tail next, which I'm sure we're going to talk about. But I just wanted to gain. So I went from, like, leading by 15 or 20 points to down by, like, 40 or 30 summer i can't remember the exact number but i i just wanted to be close enough to where i can now catch him um and and i can now there's a much better chance i mean i'm sitting in third still but i'm only 16 points behind so in in a championship that's not that many so well at least that's what i wanted to do anyways and and a lake that's basically you know in your backyard right yeah yeah i mean honestly that's where AIM had one of their very first tournaments there. I, I won that one, and, and that really, you know, got me excited about this stuff. And I've won other tournaments on Otter Tail. So, I mean, it's a good feeling. Um, you know, you just you still got to go out there. The, the one thing that I've, I've kind of realized is, you know, we go for a week to these locations or whatever, all of us, and it's endless water. Like, they're this, you can go and go and go. Well, now you're going to put 40 of us, the best, you know, for the year here. And we're on a whatever fourteen thousand acre lake, you know. So these guys are going to figure it out, and I know they're good at it. It's just a matter of who's going to get a little bit lucky at the same time, too. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, there's there's no hiding. You know, I mean, the, there's going to be people driving around, and they're gonna they're gonna you know pick up on you know where. Yep. Yeah, I guess you know you're you're not gonna sit there and beat up your fish all practice neither. It, that that'll be interesting. It'll definitely be yeah, interesting for you. It it really will because. You know, I, I I don't want to think about it too much, but, you know, if you find a spot earlier in the week, you know, the, these schools around here aren't, aren't huge. You know, maybe a school is five to ten fish. Well, if other guys see you in there, they might be, you know, if even if they pull one fish, five or six other guys do that, you know, that, this, that school is gone now again. So yeah, yeah. it'll be interesting to see kind of how it develops and, and – who can kind of manage that as best and then it'll be a little luck in the end you know oh, especially uh when you're talking about october in you know mid-central northern minnesota i mean you never know what you're going to get for weather either so yeah. no yeah exactly <laughs> i mean could be raining and snowing sideways for all we know you know so <laughs> yeah um but but it should be fun i mean otter tail's got a lot of fish in it right now and, and i think guys are going to enjoy it yeah awesome now you know i i, I guess I don't want to sit here and, and ask you too many questions. I mean, you've got one of the biggest tournaments of your life, uh, um, you know, so 
probably we're we're not going to ask you a whole lot about it. You don't need to give up any sauce. We don't want to, you yeah. know, have have anything like that. But, you know, how how far away is that from your house? Um it's about 35 minutes um drive. Um you know, it, which I mean it'll be a little bit different. I, I'm I'm I kind of chose to stay at my house. I think you're uh, I think that's smart. Yeah, I, I hope so. I, I hope I don't get too distracted with the boys and, and my family and the and the baby and stuff. But at the same time, I think it'll be good. It'll keep me relaxed. Yeah. Um, that I get to see them in, every evening and kind of hang out with them a little bit before they go to bed and I get up to go fishing the next day. So um, I'm, I'm hoping it should be good anyways. You know, you, you hear that, you know, I mean, me and Matt are both uh, big Bassmaster Elite Series, uh, you know, followers. And you yep. hear that a lot. From, from these guys, you know, the guys that live down on Lake Gunnersville or, or, you know, whatever, you know, the, the fact that they get to go home to their house, you know, follow their normal routine, you know, whatever, you know, just that, that does a lot, you know, a, a good night's sleep does a lot, you know? Yeah. And yep. And exactly right. And like I said, I'm hoping it keeps me more and more relaxed and, and you know, that's one of the tough times I'm, you know, talking to those bass guys, you guys know that it's away from the family. It, it isn't as easy as everyone thinks, you know, so they're always on our minds and, and to be there hanging out throughout the week will be a good feeling. I'm hoping. Absolutely. Now, well, if I call later and say, I'm moving up, taking the fish house and going up there. Then, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah this isn't working yeah yeah, n- yeah night uh, night number one and the kids yeah. are having a bad night and screaming yeah. and, you know can't get to sleep yeah. and <laughs> okay bad idea yeah um so. you know you you mentioned it earlier drake and and i really uh, uh beforehand me and matt were kind of talking about it as i was looking at the angler of the year standings uh you know up to date after uh um after mobridge there uh, one of the things that really jumped out to me was, uh, you know, you're, you're sitting in third and, and you've entered 34 fish, but, uh, the two guys in front of you have entered 32 fish, uh, you know, uh, uh, Sprangle, uh, sitting down in sixth, he's entered 33, Jared Fredericks in, in fifth is, has only entered 30, you yep. know, you, you talked about catching big fish and, and I think that's really something, uh, you know that that's worth talking about is is the fact that you know you you top heavy hitters you know that are up at the top i mean you guys are catching big fish you're fishing for big fish you know is is that a is that a deal where you are fishing for big fish or is that a culling strategy you know how 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 does that exactly work because you know you it's not like bass fishing where you know you guys can throw away a two pounder to to keep a four pounder it's a whole different ball game for you guys yeah absolutely i mean um Erie this year was the only one that we could really call so we had to make decisions you know as you caught the fish you had to make a decision but um when it comes down to big fish I mean there's a few spots obviously that you always want but uh, honestly I look a lot at the solar lunar tables a lot um you know you talk to whatever big deer hunters or or fishermen or musky fishermen in particular you know, they all look at those soul lunar tables, the minors and the majors. You know, every one of our tournaments has been on a full moon um, this year, and including Otter Tail will be. So um, you really, I really, I, and I know there's a few other ones, Springle watches it, Hoyer watches it. I mean, there's guys that watch it, more and more guys are, and we're on those those peak spots on a on a major time you know whether it's 11 30 in the afternoon or right away when we get there or three in the afternoon um i really watch those times um i think that's a big 
thing when it comes to fishing big fish. So, so what you're saying is you'll know your best spot that, that you want to be. And, and if you know that, 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 that the, the moon phase or whatever is going to be right at that point, you will save that spot for that particular time. Yeah, I mean, obviously with tournaments and stuff, you got to be wary of other guys. But at the right. same time, um, for example, Mulbridge was a was a prime example. Um, we I, I was catching some bigger fish, you know, in the mornings. Um, but Eric McCoy, who was our, my, one of my travel partners, was just always getting these tanks in the afternoon. So I, I'm like watching it, and I'm like, God, he was 15 minutes off of the major, or the moon set was this, or you know. So it was interesting. I wasn't worried, and my co-anglers are like, do you think we should go after big fish? And I'm like, no, 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 until like noon. So from like noon to three was when I focused on all my my big fish, and I caught all four of my overs um, from noon on. I mean, I, I didn't catch one early at all, um, and I was okay with that. I mean, I had the confidence in what we were doing that those fish are biting in the afternoon, and, and that's when I'm going to get them. So I would really focus on my slot fish in the morning. Whereas Chamberlain was, was kind of a, a little bit of a different one is the, the major was in the morning a lot. So, so, you know, you only had, I felt like a certain amount of time. And if you didn't have it by, you know, noon, you were really struggling to get big fish after that. That, that has got to be just such a mental game that, you know, us that have never been in that situation, I, I you know, I, I don't know to, to trust that you know yeah. cross your fingers right. that like yeah. you know because i mean you, like, like you said hoyer hoyer is paying attention to it sprangles yeah. paying paying attention to it you know you you mentioned earlier that you know you you got into a bay and gary parsons is 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 coming yeah. through there like you know like you mentioned earlier these guys don't miss bites you know how how hard is that to i don't know you know to i guess yeah. go into it knowing that well, you, you're going to save that spot, but you may have to share it. And I, I, that's that's one thing that I'd like to ask you, Drake. You know, in in bass fishing, you know, some uh, there can really be some tempers. You know, when somebody else moves in on somebody, is it like that with walleye fishing, or not as much? Yeah, I mean, there's our times. I mean, if if you're there and you know it's only a one boat spot, I mean, there's times. Um, I will say the walleye guys, I think, are a little more friendly when it comes to that. Um, at times, I mean, we've had to have our voices raised a little bit, I'd say. Um, but overall, I mean, for the most part, a lot of us, we know what walleye fishing is. And it's, you know, you got to be on this exact hump and you got to be on that spot. So um, it does get tight, you know. Um, but it comes down to a little bit of confidence, too, knowing that, you know, I feel like I can catch them better than whoever jared fredericks for example if i walk into a spot i just gotta know that i can catch him better on this spot than he can or maybe he missed something and he's not fishing the exact spot i want to be um so you, you hope that guys just don't catch on to exactly the exact spot you're on but you know sometimes it does happen and you just gotta deal with it and that's sometimes why you gotta have like some multiple spots and you know find different spots that are similar to that one maybe throughout practice so you can run to there and hope nobody's on yep. them during the tournament and that was, you know, Mulbridge, um, the one of the points that we were fishing, we were gonna we were gonna try to we didn't see a boat there kinda all week. It was one of the one spots where no one was really fishing, but it had been really good to us and we were gonna try to as best we could leave it the first day. Well at 
I think I had a half hour left and I'm like, God, I, I need one more big fish. So I pulled up on there. And I think my second cast, I had the 28 and a half the first day and I'm like, well, I needed it. So, you know, it, it was fine. But then the second day I'm like, God, I'm really going to have to lean on that spot. So at noon I went over there and, you know, I think at one, I had the first 29 and a half and at one thirty I had the second one. So, um, it's just one of those things where you just got to have a little bit of confidence and, and, and hopefully you made the right decisions and it all paid out. How, how many times, like you talk about with the big fish and stuff like that, where you catch that, that just over and it's like, do you throw it back or do you keep it? And cause you know that there's bigger ones there. Yeah. Um, I, again, I kind of go back to Mobridge cause we all needed points going into Mobridge. I mean, we needed points. We knew if we just caught one fish, we could make the championship. So literally the, the slot I think was 14 inches or bigger. You could keep So I'm like, well, the first 14 and a quarter is going in. I don't care. Like I just need some points, you know, just <laughs> right. to make sure that I get in. Well, I think my second cast, I had a 20 and a quarter incher like right away. And I'm like, <laughs> now what do I do? Cause you can only have two over two, 20, right. you know, I'm like, I want this fish because it gets me points, and I'm guaranteed that if I catch one fish, I'm into the championship, you know? Um, so I ended up throwing it back, and my co-angler's like, I'm glad you did that. And I'm like, well, I'm glad you told me that because I was scared that I just did that. So um, it, it ended up all working out and everything, but it was like, God, one of those things where it, it's tough because, you know, it's not like a lot of the bass tournaments where you, you can't, you got to decide right on the spot. I, I don't think that'd be for me. Like, I, just, I mean, I am, I am, I, I, I guess it could be for me, but I'll be the guy that's leaning over the side of the boat for forty-five minutes, like weighing it out in my head, like, eh, yeah, yeah, well, you know. exactly. Yeah, there's times where I'm like, God, I wish time would just go a little slower. Let's get one more bite while we're messing with this fish, you know. Yeah. And hopefully, it's bigger and I can just throw it back, but. Yeah, it's, it's just part of it. Um, you know, now going into Otter Tail, we can call. So, oh, okay. I mean, I think a lot of guys are happy about that. You know, Minnesota's only one rod, but they're happy that we can call and you don't have to make those decisions. It goes in the live well for a little while and goes for a ride. Yeah, so. nice. Now, Drake, uh, something that I would like to ask you, I, I'm not super familiar with uh, um, how the NWT rules are, but, uh, you know, you mentioned that your dad travels along with you and is fishing on the co-angler side. What yep. are the rules as far as like sharing information? Can I mean, you know, after day one, if if he's sitting in second, you know, you're f down yep. in fortieth. You know, obviously, I know it's not. You know, he's not going to be like, we were in this bay. This is yeah, what we're right. doing. See you there tomorrow. But you yeah. know, I mean, are are I mean, can you share information or or how does that work? No, that not during the tournament. Okay. Um, you know, prior to the tournament, he, yep, he gets yep. to fish with me, all that stuff. But during the tournament, he can't say anything. Mm. Um, it's funny. I, I've pulled up <laughs> next to my dad, you know, over the four or five years, a few different times, you know, run 60 miles and all of a sudden I'm 100 yards from my dad, you know. Um, it, it's it's interesting, but he knows. And, and it's one of those things where you just can't share anything. And then after the tournament, he'll be like, you know, here's exactly what we were doing and i'm like son of a you know <laughs> yep, yeah, yep. i only knew but right. it's one of those things where it, it you respect the other anglers and, and what's going on and and so you hope it pays off dividends for you in the future yep so that's got to be right go, so, go ahead matt so you know you're talking about how you you know you're doing this with your dad and him as the co-angler we've talked to some of the other nwt guys before that 
you know, haven't big, been big fans of the co-angler, like how it's set up, like how it, like you guys are sharing weight and you're like fishing together. Um, yep. I mean, is it, is it tough to get in a boat with somebody you don't know and you got to rely on them like netting the fish or either, you know, reeling, fighting that fish? Yeah, um, it is because, I mean, there's some anglers like, my dad honestly probably could fish against a lot of us, you right. know, so you get those and then you get the ones that their wife, you know, bought this for a Christmas present. So he wanted to get out once and has never fished a tournament in his life. Um, so it, it, it plays into it some, but at the same time, you know, at the end of the day, like it, it comes down to you and your decisions and, and you can't blame anyone else in the end. I, that's the way I look at it. And if I know I have a very good co-angler or a terrible co-angler, I, I still know at the end of the day, I have to get it done. And if I have to catch all five, then I do. If, if they catch one or two or four, that's great. You know? Um, but at the end of the day, I, I know I just, if I got to do it, I got to do it, you know? So that's kind of where I go into the game plan and, and kind of go from there. Do you ask them? I mean, are you pretty upfront and blunt with them? Like, you know, hey, where's your skill level? You know, I mean, yeah. and, 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 you know, that's fine if you're not that good. That's fine. But but at least then you know, you know, how many fish have you netted in your life? Like, yeah. I mean, are, <laughs> if, if we're below five, like, okay, I, yeah. you know, Sitting I'm going to change my strategy. The whole time. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah. You know, and, and yeah. you know, that's fine. But, but you have to know. You have to know. Yeah, and, and once they get into my boat or whatever, I, I will ask them some questions, you know. And, and there's there's enough of them that travel the whole circuit where you, you know a lot of them, so you know their kind of their skill level and who they travel with and stuff. But at the same time, if I don't have a clue who they are or anything, you know, I will ask them random questions, you know, yep. just to, so that I can put my mind at ease as to whether they can do this or that or, you know, you just kind of know, Um so, but yeah, it, it it is funny at times, you know, that, you know, this is my first tournament ever or no, I've been doing this for 30 years. You know, you get all walks of life and, and, yep. it, and it's good all around. So do you, can, can you tell any just completely wild co-angler stories? You know, you don't, obviously you don't have to say names and if you don't feel comfortable by all means, don't, don't mention it. But I mean, have you ever had anything just nuts happen? No, I, I, I honestly haven't. Um, you know, I, I don't have anywhere I was just like, oh, my God, I can't believe he, he or she did that. Um, I've heard some stories and stuff, but I, I honestly don't have any at this point that I've, went, I've been like, holy cow. You know? well, that's a good thing. Yeah, that is a good thing. <laughs> that, that's a, something I shouldn't complain about. Maybe I'll have it at the next one here. Yeah, hopefully not. Hopefully not yeah. with that much on the line. Where, where's your dad sitting in Angler of the Year points? Um, I want to say he's in like 20th somewhere, okay. give or take. Um he had two very good ones. He cashed checks in the first two, I think, and then the last two he's kind of struggled a little bit. So um, I think he's he's made it. So I know that was his goal is just to make it because, you know, he's fished a lot of tournaments on Otter Tail. So he was excited, too, to get in. Yeah. It'd be pretty cool if at some point you and him could get paired up. Yeah. At uh, Lake of the Woods, the championship, whenever we were there three years ago, he ended up. Well, I was in fifth place after the, or I was in fourth place after the second day, and he was in fifth. So we were one spot off oh. from getting to <laughs> fish with each other. Nice. So that, that would have been really cool. But yeah. what do you do? Yep. Drake, uh, in, in all your traveling, uh, 
do you do you bring all your tackle and all your bait along with you uh, from the get go, or I mean, do you stop in at at local bait shops? You know, say up in you know Wisconsin or out in Ohio. Yeah. I mean, do you do you ever stop into some of those local bait shops? Oh, absolutely. I mean, um, it's interesting. Like Erie, it's a trolling thing, and there's. There's a million tackle shops. They all have crankbaits. They all have their own custom colors. Um, so it's interesting going in, like on blow days, where our wives probably hate us because we go in. <laughs> well, that looks good, you know. Yeah. That looks good, you know. Um, but then you go out to Mobridge and Chamberlain, and a lot of those people are are stuck in their ways. Like you can't find any jigging wraps or shiver right. minnows. Yeah. They have a bottom bouncer or a, a lead head jig there. You know, so you have to kind of be prepared for both. You know, you try to bring as much stuff as you possibly can, but at the same time, you know, if you get there when you're going out to Dakotas, like it might, you might have to drive for two hours to actually find something if you need it, you know? So, um, you know, Mobridge, we had some stuff next day aired into us no um, kidding. from Shields that we couldn't get our hands on. So, um, you know, just kind of, you try to bring as much, but then we spend some while we're there too. Yeah. Now, me and Matt were talking, you know, as we were as we were kind of setting up uh, ideas on talking points on this show. You know, the bait shops that you've been into. Uh, you know, are you are you the type of guy that wants like a really nice, clean bait shop, or do you prefer the mount? You know, the deer mount uh, of the seven pointer from nineteen thirty six with uh, you know an inch of dust and and cobwebs yeah. coming through the antlers, <laughs> like and and you know along with that, like what what's kind of the coolest, most unique bait shop you have ever been to? Yeah, um, honestly, they're pro- honestly they're probably both. In Ohio, maybe the Green Bay ones. Um, there's Fisherman Central out in Ohio. They're pretty new company, but man, they have the best selection of stuff um, for bass guys. Which I didn't know bass was big out there, but it's huge out in the islands and stuff. Um, and walleye stuff. I mean, this is it's like a mini Cabela's, but it, it's much more personable. They're 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 around, and, and so it's very interesting. But yet there's the little hole in the wall, you know, places in Green Bay that are just awesome to go talk to the old timers and they tell you stories about this and that when I caught my fish on this crank or, yep. or mm-hmm. that crank, you know, and here's a shot of whiskey you can have while you're <laughs> So it, it, it's cool to see um, both sides of it, you know, and, and you get to see all these people and they're appreciative that you're there and, and, and spending money and, and enjoying the community. That's awesome. That's cool. That's awesome. I, you know, I've I've often thought like, golly, what? I mean, I if if I was to travel, you know, on a ten hour road trip, I could literally stop in at every single bait shop and just kind of yep. look around, you know, you know, maybe like you say, chum it up with the locals, you know, see yep. see what's going on. And Scott would have to allow for like three travel days because days? everyone yeah. <laughs> every one of those bait shops he stopped into, he'd have a few cups of coffee and. Spent yep. a few hours there talking to the old timers. I've so. heard the best stories, though. I'm <laughs> like, I mean, you know, just you never know who you might end up talking to, and uh, God, that's it's my favorite thing in the world, just talking yep. to randoms. <laughs> it is, it is, and it's funny because we're like, all right, we heard, you know, this bite, but I don't have any, so I'm just gonna stop in quick here at this Gander Mountain or whatever. You know, and then you stop in there when you're there for a half hour. And then you go another couple hours and someone else tells you this. Well, I better stop and get a couple of those too, you know. Yep. So a five-hour trip now took you nine to get there. <laughs> That's awesome. 
Now, so. now, uh, you know, ta- talking about bait there, or whatever. Now, you've you've actually got your your own business doing customized baits, correct? Yeah. So we actually so we have the customized side, but a lot of people don't know is we actually manufacture like fishing lures. We get them as pellets, um, plastic pellets or lead weight. I mean, we kind of do the manufacturing farm too. So we have the custom side where we paint flicker shads or ripping wraps or you know, whatever people want it painted. But at the same time, we also manufacture lures for all people all over the country, whether it's a crankbait or a lead head jig or twister tail grubs. Um, you know, we manufacture all that stuff, package it, you know, put hooks on a packaging machine, and then we ship it out to these companies to distribute. Um, it's kind of, I wanted to stay in this fishing industry and I, I knew professional fishing, you know, it's going to be fun, but you know, there's, there's, two or three people in the walleye world that can do it, you know, a handful. Um, and so that was my way of being able to stay in the fishing industry and, and do what I love for a living. Absolutely. How, how, how long have you been doing it and how, you know, I mean, did you, did it start uh, off with the custom painting and then it's like, Hey, I think we could do a little manufacturing here too, or. Yeah, it actually, it was, it's kind of the opposite of that. I, okay. I started tying, okay. um, bucktails for a company called musky mayhem um they make a lot of musky baits and stuff oh, yeah. so i was tying some of their their flash ones and then they had these eagle tails and then i started tying hair jigs for another company and then a few other companies started to reach out and i was just starting to get out of college i think it was my junior or senior year and i'm like you know what maybe i should try this i don't want to work for anyone else i was still guiding a little bit at the time and i'm like you know what i'm gonna try to do this well I got a lead machine so we could spin cast lead head jigs. And then I got, you know, plastic injection machines so we could do twister tail grubs. And, and then I needed employees and, and, and it just kind of grew from there um, to where now I think there's nine of us that are there that are full time. And I have some ladies that work at home and, and, and we have the custom painting thing now and it's just kind of going nuts, which is good. That's, that's that's a really good deal. Yeah. Not, yeah. I mean, you know, to have to have nine full time employees on a, you know, that that's that's really incredible. I, yeah. I, I congratulations on that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's fun. They, I know, there's a few of them that listen to this. I'm Seth in particular. Then I, oh that Seth, I gonna, yeah, <laughs> all right. He's like, I listen to them all the time. Yeah. I heard you're gonna be on there, you know. So I don't want to. I don't want to talk bad about them at all. <laughs> uh, well, talk, yeah. as soon as uh, I'll let you know when we're done recording, <laughs> yeah. and we can start the bash session. Yeah. yeah. You you want to know something? We've we've had you know we've had a lot of guys on here and and you know some big names you know whether uh, you know in, in tournament fishing and whatever. But I yep. I got more messages when when we started talking about having you on. I got more messages to the Facebook page that said you know can't wait to hear from Drake Hurd and whatever. So I'm telling yeah. you right now, whatever you're doing, you're doing it right because because people people like you and people wanted to hear from you. Well, I appreciate it. And, you know, it's one of those things where I'm we're trying to be in this thing. So now we have you know the fin gear stuff, which is rod holders and graph mounts and stuff. And I want to show people kind of that lifestyle. I'd love to do. I get a ton of messages. Well, can you show more video of your shop and how stuff is made? You know, a lot of people want to know how lures are made and stuff. So. You know, it's one of those things where I just need to do more of it, but we're cooking on making lures and stuff, so it's kind of tough. But I'd love to show people more of that stuff because that's what I get messages about, and yep. I want to show people how that stuff is made because it's their passion too. 
Yep. Well, yeah. you you got you got some young kids at home. You're you're a busy tournament angler. You you know running your own business. Yeah, you know, I, I, I can imagine that it's not exactly easy to find the time. And, and, you know, it's one of those deals where sometimes when you do have the time, you don't realize you have the time. And you look back and it's like, man, I just had an hour there that I should have shot that video. And, and you yep, don't. Exactly. But. That's exactly right. But what do you do? Right. Yeah. Um, before we let you go, Drake, uh, if, if anyone's interested in finding more information about the, these businesses that you're running there, uh, you know, is, is Facebook or a website or how, how can they, how can they get their hands on your products and, and where can they look at them? Yeah. So the custom painting thing is renegade outdoor innovations and you can just do renegade outdoor innovations.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff or the, or the web. Um, and then the, like the graph mounts, rod holders, live scan poles and stuff is all, it's called fin gear, which is fingear.com. Um, and then we're on Facebook and, and Instagram there too. And, and then me personally, I mean, I have a lot of people that reach out to me. Um, feel free to message me at any time. You know, I, I, I like talking to people. I like being personal with them. I, and I think that's one of the things that's done well for me. So, you know, I can't complain. So if any, anyone's got any questions or anything, feel free to reach out. I mean, I'm glad to talk at any time. That's, well, that's very cool. Yeah. Cause there's a lot of guys in positions like you that, that would, would go the polar opposite. I yeah. Mean, I, uh, we personally know, you know, I mean, we, <laughs> you know, we message guys to try to set up interviews and whatnot. And, and, uh, you know, it, it, it's not always easy. Right. No, no, I can only imagine, you know, you, you guys do a great job with yours. I mean, it's something a little different. Oh, quit lying. (laughs) Well, I think that's why a lot of like my employees and stuff, they're like, can we listen to them this week? You know? So I'm like, yeah, I don't care. So we flip it on the radio and we kind of just cycle through them, but yours guys keeps popping up. So maybe, maybe we, maybe we need to get the address and send them donuts one day or something. That's not a bad idea right there. That's not a bad idea at all. Keep them employees happy. If there's a couple bites out of them when you get them, that wasn't me. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I ain't going to let the sprinkles get up there. All right. All right, Drake. Well, man, we, we truly appreciate you taking time. Uh, you know, I'm glad that we were finally able to, to make this work and, uh, man, I, I hope we get to talk uh, again and good luck up there on Otter Tail. Sounds great, guys. I really appreciate it, and have a good one. Yeah, you too. See ya. There he goes, Mr. Drake Hurd from uh, up there in the Alexandria area, and uh, the man that uh, hopefully is going to put it together on the uh, on the old otter tail uh, yeah. here here uh, in golly, that's less than two weeks away. Yeah, it's it's going to be here before you know it. I mean, it's it is crazy to think that we're getting close to mid September already. Yeah, it is, and you know. <laughs> You're starting to see a lot of uh, a lot of uh, people starting to post on Facebook with some of the smaller bass tours and and whatnot. You know that that uh, you know ang- angler of the year, year is the is, championships yep. are all starting you know, to wrap up. Yep, so. and it, it's getting to be that time of the year where uh, you know people are people are getting done. Yeah, uh, it's all that stuff is finishing up. Yep, and uh, yeah, dude, we're gonna be we're gonna be walking on water here before you know it. Yeah, it's going to be here before That's a good you know. thing, and I know you can't wait. <laughs> I know you can't wait. <laughs> Give me a little bit more long, a little bit longer uh, open water. But I was talking to somebody about it the other day, and I was like, I just don't want it to be like it was last year where it got really cold, and you got real excited for ice fishing, and it like started and to it, make ice. Yep. And it was just like, and then it got warm again, and like the ice left, and then it was like bad ice, and it was just like, ugh. Yep. I mean, yep. so. Yeah, you thought it was going to be an early ice, and hold it. Hold it. Just got a text message here from Drake Hurd. Uh-oh. 
says to delete it. He doesn't. No. He doesn't. He, he, he's talking here, and uh, you know, have a good one. You know, thanks for being on. Whatever. Uh, but what he says is uh, he was thinking uh, that uh, the the cutout heads on the podcast uh, on covers, the and, and of... that's that's why that's why we're famous. Well, all right, Drake. <laughs> Guess what? <laughs> you just become. Yep, you just uh, cashed your check to, to being <laughs> on the gonna, next one. You're gonna be on one now. I. There, there's an outside chance that we're going to have five days of Drake this week on <laughs> Facebook, we and, and uh, you just every day Drake's going to be on a different picture. He doing stuff he didn't even know he knew how to <laughs> That's do. Exactly right. People don't realize how talented they are until we put their face on something. You do not want to antagonize Mr. Deitch over here because he, uh, he, he's gonna, he's gonna let him have it. Yeah, just if you think like some of the ones that get posted are hilarious and funny some of the ones that <laughs> yeah, don't you should get... see the ones in the private text message <laughs> the ones that are too good for facebook <laughs> that's right oh man that would give me some facebook jail time i think yeah, <laughs> yeah no kidding and right now holy moly i think everyone's facebook jail time right oh man but uh you know what you, you know with with this whole talking facebook jail time and and everything uh you know uh, uh september 11 over this yeah. past weekend and uh you know obviously obviously you know what a day that just totally uh you know transformed the way that we the way that we live you know i, I was actually talking with grady you know about how much different flying on an airplane was before 9 yeah. 11 you know i mean uh you know, you could you could literally walk right up to the gate with your whole entire family, and you know, give your hugs and whatnot, and one person walks on, and then you turn yep. around. You know, the TSA, you know, checking and whatnot. You know, I I don't know. They maybe wanted you. They maybe took a look through your carry on, and it was yeah, like you just yeah, walk through along. the metal you know, detector and go. I remember being on airplanes where there was a smoking section. I was say where you could you smoke know, on people it. People and... blasting heaters right there on the on the airplane, and I mean, now heck, if you even so much as say the word cigarette they they freaking open the door and throw you off in midair i just man it, golly stuff is how old, truly how old were changed. you when that happened i was in eighth grade when that yeah, happened and uh i was in mrs wright's class uh you know down at the end of the middle school wing here at central Lion uh, middle school in rock rapids and uh i remember my parents were actually down in las vegas oh and really? uh, uh they were down there for a, a baking convention uh for for the family business and uh uh, yeah, I was spending the night at the Hasbrook family and we rode our bike to school that morning. And, you know, next thing you know, you hear that an airplane ran into the tower and, you know, we were making fun of them, you know, like, oh, what right. an idiot, yeah, you know, right. like, you know, cause we just thought it was, you know, a little, like a you know, little, single engine yep. Cessna, you know, some dude with his hobby plane, you know, and dude couldn't even freaking you know, fly a plane ran into, you know, and, and, uh, so as as it's going and, and probably the teachers had an idea of what was going on a little bit before we did but uh you know then then all of a sudden the second one happened and you know then the teachers were kind of you know starting to gather out in the hallways and we're all watching it on tv and you know you can kind of start to tell you know a couple of the teachers are more concerned yeah. and then you know some are starting to cry and and uh you know uh, probably sometime at that point you know maybe the one in pennsylvania or maybe the one in uh the pentagon you know happened and then you know i i remember when that building fell and it was just yeah. like oh, holy yeah. moly like and and you know all of a sudden you know as a as a 13 14 year old eighth grader i mean things got real yeah, you know i mean it, it, it was it was you know that was a whole different deal and and uh god dang it i mean i just i can't even 
I can't even begin. You know, anyone listening to this knows how much life changed that day. And yeah, and, uh, you know, you you were were you in college? Oh yeah, I was yeah. in college. I can. Or were you ready was, for retirement when that happened? Or pretty. <laughs> it was. I, you I had was already say, lost your hair. I was. I was gonna say it was like my third third year of college, and people okay. be like, "Oh, your junior year." Well, not technically my junior year because I probably went to college. To be, I could have been a doctor for as many years as I went, but that was a different path. Well, but, you are. You're just not licensed. Yeah. <laughs> You'll take a look at it. No, I was actually driving to classes that day, and oh, then man. I heard it. I heard, you know, like a plane had ran into one of the towers, and you know, I really to tell you the guys honest truth, like I didn't, didn't know what the, the world well, trades me neither. Like me was, neither. I was right. just like, I was like, oh well, crap, you know, it's like oh, a building like. It, oh, it was, cards? I was like, it wasn't the Empire. Trading base card? I thought, I thought the only like tall building there was the Empire State Building, you know. Yeah. So it was just like, you know, I exactly thought what you guys thought that like it was some small private plane, like just this little passenger plane that you know some guy was out flying and something happened and he ran into it. And yep. I can still remember I was sitting in my uh, theory of coaching football class. I was taking that, and uh, we were sitting there, and somebody came up, and they're just like another plane hit the other tower and it was just like holy buckets like what's going on so we all went that you know at that point kind of class stopped we didn't have a tv in there i don't think so we didn't start watching it but then after class you know people are kind of like holy buckets and we all kind of went down into the commons area and they had a big screen tv there and just sat there and like watched what was like happening and right. unraveling and it was just like holy buckets and then pretty soon you know like you said watching all of a sudden as they collapsed and it was like it was like dead silence like it was like nobody knew like 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 what are we like watching here and right. i mean it was you know they canceled classes for the rest of the day uh they put in the no fly you know like all the planes started grounding yep, you started yep. hearing about these like you said like the one that hit the pentagon and then the passion the, the flight 93 going down and everything like that and it was just it was crazy you know driving home that day and looking up in the sky and not seeing an airplane or seeing like the jet you know like yeah yep it was just it was nuts and even that night i can remember going down to my buddy kurt chapey's house and sitting there and we were talking about it and he was actually like in the military at the time so it was like what's happening yeah like, yeah what, you, what, what's gonna you, go you for may you not and, be here by the end of the week you right know, what, and, what does this mean so i mean it was it was nuts it, you know and then all of a sudden they start talking about a draft and all that stuff and yep. it was just God, like i remember that and i was just i was just like holy buckets it's like you know it's like yeah like you said it, it, it's it's crazy to think of what it was like beforehand to what it is yep. like now and the other day we were going to on Friday, we were going to football practice, and some of the middle schoolers were sitting there talking about it, that their teacher had talked about it in class, and they were kind of like, oh, you know, it's like you're, it really isn't, I mean, as a significant thing to them as it is to, like, us. I mean, like. But, you know, I mean, through, it's, it's like JFK's getting right, shot. Like, know, I like, mean, that means nothing to me. You know, like, I mean, I, I'm sure he was right. a great president, you know. Uh, you know, whatever, but like, I mean, uh, to think, like, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah whatever, it's just you know, something like, you've been, they've yeah. talked about. It's like, yeah. you weren't like our parents were like, oh, I can remember sitting in class and they're coming right. in and saying that the president had been, you know, assassinated. And it's just like, so yeah, it, it's just, you know, every time I, I mean, you watch the shows on it and it, it kind of brings you back there. And I mean, it, I mean, goosebumps. I mean, it makes you emotional. It, 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 it was crazy day that's for sure yep it's, it's just really too bad that uh you know that the 12th and the 13th and the 14th you know 20 years ago that's you know, what how, i wish kids could like experience right now i mean it's like, like what the country the, was like do you remember how many uh you know um 
support our troops, uh, you know, the magnets like on the back oh, yeah. of the cars and, you know, uh, red, white, and blue, just you know, ribbons and, and just you know, everywhere. I mean, like everybody, it didn't matter if you were freaking you know, Democrat or Republican or white, nope. green, orange, or red, or if you'd gotten your vaccination or hadn't gotten your vaccination or, or whatever. I mean, it just like, we were all Americans and I, God dang it. I mean, what, I don't know. It, it, it'd be, it'd be pretty neat to feel that feeling again. Right. I was thinking about that. Like, you know, it, not one person on that, on that flight 93, when they were deciding what they're, what they were going to do once they figured out what was happening, none of them said, you know, are you a Republican or are you a Democrat? Right. Yep. It's like, no, they all came together and said, this is what we got to do for the greater good. And we know what the outcome is going to be, but we've yep. got to, you know, change that. Have so, you read that call log between that Todd? Uh, that, oh my God. Yeah, I know it's, I mean, I'm freaking 32 years old and I, you know, like, like, all right, I'm going to have to quit reading, come back later because yeah. I'm going to oh, start yeah. crying and cow dang it. But so, uh, I mean, like you said, you know, the days after that, it's just like, yep, it, it was, was, I mean, it was, it was something. like, I mean, yeah. Ugh. Yep. Pretty pretty crazy. Um, another thing I wanted to mention before uh, before we wrap this one up, uh, I got a message from. Uh, hold on, I got a message from Josh Shankle. Uh, I believe that Josh must be from up in Minnesota, and he wanted to know last week what meat market it was that we went to, and uh, it was McDonald's in Clear Lake. And uh, um, he said that it was a pastrami shop, that they got really good pastrami. But he also said uh, Thielen's. Yeah, I've heard of Thielen's And uh, let me see where Thielen's was. Where did he say that was? Little, Little Falls. Falls. Thielen's and Little Falls has got the best bacon. And uh, you know that's. I don't know, man. Want, I don't want, know if it's got the best bacon in Minnesota. It's It's got the best in that area. Right. It's got the best in that area. But until you come down to the southern part of Minnesota, specifically the southwest corner yeah. to Ellsworth, Minnesota. That's right. I golly, I'd put I'd put Ellsworth bacon about against anybody. Yeah, well, so I, would I, I. I would, man. The Ellsworth locker is. I mean, I'm not saying it just because I grew up there. I mean, I you, worked there. Right. If you can work. At a place like that, and you can grow up eating places from or eating things from there, and you still want it. Oh yeah! To this day, you know it's good. Oh yeah! It, I mean, it's and, not like you ever got like oh like oh yeah, yeah I get, you get sick of it. Yeah, you know, and I've stuff had like too that. much. It's like nope. <laughs> there, they uh, they've got that summer sausage there. Yeah, and if you get summer sausage, and and uh, you you slice it four, and then you. You toast one one side <laughs> of the sandwich. You leave the other side untoasted, and then you put uh, four slices of that summer sausage on there, a slice of cheese, and a bunch of mayonnaise. That and that and Keystone Light. Like I lived a whole <laughs> entire year on that, guys. Like I can't even stress to you. Like I probably ate four hundred pounds of summer sausage, and oh, wow. and 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 forty thousand <laughs> Keystone Lights. So when you walk into a place. And that smell hits you. That's up. what it is. It's it the is. smell, man. Well, it's, and then they got you know their their um, showcase or their what is the it? meat case? The, you know their yeah. You walk up to there and they have all these coolers with stuff in it. Yep. It's just yep. it's you know it's like yeah, this place knows what they're doing and you know they've been in business for as long as they have. 
they're sticks. They have all kinds of different flavors of sticks, and those are always good. You know, you always go and people are like, oh, I have to try this, try this stick. I got right. it from there, and you're just like, oh, okay, it's good. And they're like, what? You don't like? It? It's like, dude, yeah, you know, you didn't I, grow up where I grew right. Up. <laughs> it's just like you know, like the jerky. I mean, just everything. It's yeah, this just, ain't no Slim Jim, son. <laughs> but the, those places. It, it's always sad hearing like when those places, some of those it's places a lost are, art. are it's closing a lost down. Art. So, you know, the last few years, it seems like more people have, you know, like some of the younger embraced, embraced the, right. you know, they'll pay a little bit more, right? you know, that they're, they're, they're fine with not eating the freaking Oscar Mayer hot dogs. I, like, you know, we're, we're going to pay a little bit more and we're going to get a good quality sausage. Right. And, you where know, it's only been in a few hands. It, 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 you know, it's like, you don't know where it's come, like where, yeah. But I mean, you know, it, you know, just 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 like Drake, you know, customizing, baits you know, customizing baits. I mean, you can truly customize your meat at at a lot of these yeah. places, and and uh, you know, I I remember when I worked at the Ellsworth Locker there, and and this is no plug for the Ellsworth Locker. I mean, you know, that there's I'm sure Thielen's is spectacular. There's a lot of them across the land. I mean, we've got listeners up in Wisconsin. They basically, you know, meat and cheese and beer is basically, you know, <laughs> the, you know, that's Wisconsin in a nutshell, right there. Um, but, you know, Brian, I, I remember the one time, I forget what kind of sticks he was trying to make. And he was throwing seasoning in the mixer and, uh, you know, then, you know, would, would uh, uh, you know, make a batch and, you know, throw throw a little bit more in there and make a batch. And I remember eating one of the sticks and I was like, wow, that's that's pretty good right there. And he's like, no, nah, it's, it's missing a little something. And I'm like, what? And, you know, then he'd throw a little bit something else in there and it's like, oh, yeah, I was missing something. I didn't even realize that. Right. You know, I mean, and, and you know, those dudes just know. Yeah. But uh, I don't know, man, there's 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 something good about uh, the smell of a meat, a meat shop. You know, like when you walk in there and you got the meat sweats before you even eat any meat, you know, I mean, it just, ooh, baby, well, like I, I get excited just thinking about it right now. Oh, I know. And it, there's just something about it in the boat, too, when you're sitting there or out on the ice and somebody opens up the oh, cooler yeah. and they're just like, you know, you open up a pack of, like, Jack Link's jerky or something like that. It's like, no, nah, yeah, okay. It's, it's like, like, all right, like, yeah, it's going to. I'll take yeah, a piece. Yeah, I had to get, it, get me through it. But then all of a sudden somebody's like, here, I had this made at this locker for so-and-so. You know, this was the deer that, you know, we brought in there this year. Or or, or they made know, their own. Right. Yep. And it's you just know, like. There's just something it's more, just way like, more oh, special yeah. about that. It's just like, wow. I mean, that's like like the ultimate snack like yeah, out well, on the, I can remember my grandpa, he always would have like a, a ring bologna. Oh yeah. And he'd have it mm. out there. Ring bologna and crackers. <laughs> that was, he would, out in the fish house, there was nothing better when grandpa would bring, would whip out the old ring bologna and pass it out. You should see out. the Sturman house put down some stinking ring bolognese. We'll <laughs> eat, I mean, we boil that ring bologna oh, and, yeah. and uh, we'll eat ring bologna and then uh, cheesy rice and, and broccoli. Oh yeah. I mean, that is, that is like one of the favorites in this house right here. Well, my brothers and I didn't get as skinny as we were by, <laughs> right? not having by passing on the ring bologna. All right. You know, when we had Dave Gens on here like a year or two ago, I don't know how long ago that was episode 50 or something right in that ballpark. Um, we asked him what his favorite snack was out on out you know while out fishing and he said meat sticks and you know then we went to mcdonald's and i i bought some uh bought some beef sticks there at mcdonald's and and when we were out on the on the water with him uh we busted those out and it was like hell <laughs> yeah like, that's badass right there that's badass but uh no no i uh if 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 you guys like message the page like i mean we 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 respond to everybody and you know i mean if you've got a freaking awesome meat shop i don't know tell, tell us about that meat shop because if we're up in the area 
And the next time I'm up in there, I'm yeah. going to Thielen's. Yeah, I'm going to try some. Right. Of this bacon. We don't want like, those little places to go away. We want. No. We like. We need to support those places. Yeah, absolutely. We'll we'll talk about them. We'll we're, we'll talk fishing, but we'll also. <laughs> you don't you don't give us a chance to talk. Uh, we're we're going to talk bacon and meat and ring bologna <laughs> and summer sausage. Like, oh yeah, and jerky, and jerky. <laughs> Uh, do, 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 Matt, uh, I think we're to that point. You got a good news story? Um, my good news story this week. Let's see here. I've been trying to think. Do, you do, got do, one? Do. Um, whenever I'm trying to find a good news story, I always, uh, I always screenshot some stuff. So I got to go back in there and figure out what in the heck it was that, uh, you know what? I don't know that I. I don't know that I really, I guess a, a, a cool deal, you know, there's a couple of cool things here. Corey Johnston, the Johnston brother that never seems to be able to crack a win, uh, you know, in the Bassmaster deal, he actually won the Bassmaster Open. Open yep. So uh, it's nice that he can finally get one. Well, and, but, and Brad Luthner from Minnesota yep. got top 10. Yep, so. he was in the top 10. Mike Iconelli. Coming back. Uh, uh I think he is. I don't think he's gonna. I, I don't think, think he's, he's gonna. To. Uh, Mike Iaconelli qualified through the Northern Opens to qualify back for the Bassmaster Elite Series. Uh, there's nothing more Ike than than making it seem like you're gonna come back and then not coming back. Like, I mean, the dude is just a. He's a marketing guy, and and the more people talk about him, the more, you know, I don't know. That's that's just what he does. Um, I don't know. I guess as far as uh, playing old good news stories, I, I really don't. Uh, oh, we got to give, uh, you know, you have that one neighbor that we talk about a lot. That his Ooh, initials, here's his, the good his, news story. His initials start with like a J and a K or he something like that. He was on this show one time. Right. And never brought anything. Never brought anything. Today, so. me and Matt are sitting out on my front porch getting ready to record with Drake and here comes Ashley Clawson. Ashley K. Ashley K. The better one, the better half of the Jeremy Ashley combination. And what does she have for us, Matt? Looks like some uh, caramel rolls or something. Caramel like. rolls, a donut. Yeah. Some, and I don't know if rolls, she just saw yeah. us two good-looking dudes just sitting up on the front porch and thought, "Man, these dudes." Those guys could use some rolls. They could use some rolls, and I've already got a bunch of rolls. <laughs> and if I eat all those rolls, I'm gonna have more rolls. Rolls on rolls on rolls. But uh nope, yeah, that that's a good news story right there. Thank you, Ashley Clausen, for the caramel rolls. That's right. Heck yeah. So all right, uh do 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 do. I think that's it. Uh yeah, I we've got a couple other guests. Uh um I'm gonna have to see who uh who uh who can fit us into their schedule uh, over the next week, but uh we've got a couple uh, cool deals um coming down the pipe so uh hopefully we can uh hopefully in the next day or two we'll get uh one of these people on and uh yeah have another bulletproof show for you next week but uh, yeah in the meantime thank you guys uh hit the subscribe button if you haven't and uh um yeah we appreciate you see you next time <laughs>